0: hello and welcome to life changes you i'm daniel and i hope you've had a great week this week i've got josh from the life coach josh who i met on instagram and uh so i wanted to have a chat with him and see what his life's been about and what he's been up to so hello josh how are you i'm fine thank you thanks for having me on and whereabouts in england are you from West Yorkshire. Please. West Yorkshire. I, oh, I, grew up in, I grew up in Portsmouth. Oh, that's a long, long, long way away. Yeah, a yeah. Long, yeah. Long, long and way. Then we moved to Australia when I was 11. So, yeah, but I still have good memories of England. I love England. I think it's brilliant. It's okay when the sun shines,
1: I'll say
0: <laughs> that. All right. So do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, 33 in two weeks' time. Um I've run my own sports coaching company uh, which works in primary schools for the last 14 years. Um, I got really poorly uh, in 2018 in December. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of uh, seizures brought on probably by a lot of stress and, and issues with relationships. Uh, and I decided that I would then try and help people out and, and change my career path into, into what I'm doing now. So... Here I am. Okay, so you're not doing sport in schools anymore. I'm just coming to the end of that now. It's something I always enjoyed. I had a lot of people working for me, but when I when I got poorly, when I had the seizures, uh, yeah. I, decided I couldn't I couldn't live with the stress of it anymore. And it, I suppose when I when I got poorly, it changed my it changed my life completely, and I, I, I've decided to move away from it um, and do this as a full time job. Okay, cool. So, um, what what actually happened when you had your seizures? I basically been in a relationship for about ten years with a with a last. It was it was a poor relationship, like a lot of people, you know, yeah. getting a route they get stuck. That person also worked for me as well in the business, so my work life and my home life was was kind of there was no separation. Yeah. We went for a terrible uh, breakup in the November. I'd suffered from tension headaches about a couple of years after starting the business in 2010, which had put pressure on. I put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, I think by by really working too hard after the after the breakup and like you do, trying to get away from the stress of it, and 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 then the tablets I was on, and I think it all came to head. Uh, I went for a run on a Sunday evening. And I, I had two seizures in one, uh, which I dislocated my shoulder on the way down, broke my wrist on the way down, wow, uh, and I couldn't drive for a year. So it was overnight, my life changed completely. You must have had to go to
0: hospital, even if it was just for your shoulder and your and, and your wrist. But how long was the recovery, or are you, do you still feel like you're recovering now?
1: This is the thing with seizures. I mean, I do, my, I do my chats with with people that have that have got epilepsy. I I went to the hospital with my shoulder. had my shoulder put back in. My wrist sorted out. I had to go and live with my mum and dad for a week. I couldn't be on my own. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks after, we were over Christmas time, so I couldn't. I couldn't have my scans until January. I had me. Had my scans, CT, whatever else, whatever else I had at the time, and it all came back clear, which was which was good. But what what people don't understand, unless they've had seizure, or they've got epilepsy, is Really, the, the seizures are, are, are nothing. It's, it's what comes after that as regards the issues with the tablets and the side effects, and I've, I've had to live with that for the last nearly three years. And what are the side effects you get? I mean, obviously, you, the
0: medication you're taking is something to help your brain, but you don't actually know what caused it in the first place.
1: No, this is the thing. It's. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive for the first year, which yeah. had a massive effect on my on my business. So I was. I was getting buses and trains and taxis to work.
0: Wow.
1: Running a business by yourself, it were, I was practically going to work to just just to go to for, take for getting out of the house.
0: Yeah.
1: I would put on. I would put on strong tablets at the time to make sure that the seizures don't happen again. But I mean, the the tablets were the tablets were causing horrendous side effects i mean I'd, I'd had the seizure on the 19th of december christmas eve on the 23rd of december i'd had enough completely I'd, i did not want to be here at all it right. was it was horrendous um there was there was that there was changing tablets onto different tablets to see if they worked in a six-month period i went on three different lots of tablets every single one of them were no good yeah Got to a point where I had to had to come off the tablets nearly altogether. I'm on the lowest dose possible now, which leads me up and to maybe having another one. Yeah. But it's a catch twenty two, you know. Do you do you keep on the tablets and feel like you do, or do you come off them and take that chance? And what else have I had? I mean, I've uh, tiredness, drained, muscle ache, uh, skin rashes. It's just, it's it's not the, the, the seizure that, that gets you. Uh, my my biggest one is my memory. My my memory is, is atrocious. Yeah. My long term memory, I could tell you what what conversation I had with someone a year ago word for word. But if you ask me what you know what I did a week or two or a couple of days ago, I wouldn't I will not have a clue. Wow. So it's really affected you. And I think it's just through stress. It, it must it must have been. It must have been a case of of the of the tablets I was on and pushing my body too far. Yeah, because it was just like I said, it was unexpected. I mean, we'd, I'd, I'd gone through the relationship, and you know, everyone—I'm sure everyone's been through it, where they not, that feels. But it—that's all it was. It was a case of just getting through that, and things would be fine. Yeah. I wake up, I woke up in my. I, I'd, what I'd done is I'd run, I'd run to my, uh, to my grandma's house, just to get a drink. At the time, I was going to go into the woods. If I'd had gone into the woods, I probably would be dead.
0: Yeah.
1: I went to my grandma's house, and and before you know it, I'm, I'm waking up with her. Two ambulance people stood over me telling me i'd had a seizure which were <laughs> terrifying
0: yeah yeah would be i, I mean yeah look I, I don't know how you 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 come to and are told that and there's just uh, thoughts that run through your head at that time um 12 years ago i got sick and i, I was chronically tired I couldn't do anything, and I went through all these tests over six to 12 months. They came back with I had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Now, some of the right. medication they put me on was similar to yours. I couldn't even think who I was. I didn't know who I was after six days of being on it. And I said to the doctor, I've got to come off it. And he said, no, 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 you've got to wean yourself off it. And I just said, look, I have to come off it. I can't wean off it because I don't even know what's going on today now. And so, yeah, I stopped taking them, and within about four or five days, I started to feel a bit more normal. I still had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, but it's that um, I think sometimes the medication does you worse than what your actual symptoms are.
1: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. The, anyone you speak to with, with that's on strong medication, anyone with epilepsy or that's had seizures, it, it's, it's the tablets that get you. Yeah. The, the seizures are the seizures are really. By the time you come around from a seizure, really, it's not it's, it's not an issue. But you, but your tablets and, and you, what's happened with me now is I've I never had depression in my life. I never struggled with mental health in my life. Um, I, I've I've now suffered with depression now since that day. Yeah. Um, and I can't I won't I won't take uh, antidepressants because it's it's I can't be telling other people how to live their lives happy. You know, I'm telling them what to do. If I'm taking tablets, because it's not, it's not proper advice, and it's you know, you've so I'm okay for. I might be okay for a month or two, but then I'll have a bad, a bad spirit again. Yeah, and it's 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 been a it's been a tough three years to be honest. And and so, if you were
0: like teaching sport to kids, obviously you're a sporty guy. Um, have you had to cut back on some of the sport you do now?
1: No, this is, this is the thing with me is the only thing that has got me over, that has got me through this over the last three years is the gym In yeah. sports. Without without doing that, I, I wouldn't, I know it, it sounds, and it's not for effect, I wouldn't be here. I, I I do the gym twice a day. I've got my gym at home now. I've moved my gym into my home. I've got a home gym. I push myself as much as I can. The only thing I don't do is I don't go running. I don't go running because... I think if I end up having a seizure while I'm out running, because one of the biggest one of the biggest reasons for people having seizures is they get dehydrated and they get the, the body gets too heated. So you've got to kind of be careful that you don't overexert yourself really. So, but no, it, it hasn't stopped me. It hasn't stopped me doing anything as regards to fitness, which is good because if it had, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here really, to be honest. It saved my life.
0: What you've been through is horrendous because when you don't actually have a proper answer of what's happened, then you're constantly after they've said to you, well, look, we don't really know why you had the seizure. I would imagine, as I was the same when I got told I had fibromyalgia, which was really, we don't really know what's wrong with you, so we're going to say it's that. You sit there and you keep thinking and thinking, well, what could it be? What have I done? What What's changed me? You know, there must be an answer. So how did you actually get to a point in your life where you went, okay, I don't need to think this through anymore. That's what they've told me I've had and I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Well, obviously you've changed your career
1: path. To keep yourself feeling quite balanced. I mean, around the time it felt like a huge crisis. It really did. I mean, it wasn't so much just the... What happened with the seizure? I mean, i would become single for the first time in ten years, you know, yeah. which were hard enough as it was. You know, living by myself, and by the time I kind of got myself kind of more of a balance, we had COVID arrived. So, yeah. I think really, I'm not, I'm not worried about having a seizure again. I'm not, I'm not scared of having a seizure again. Of course, I don't want one because I can't drive, and I need, you need your independence. But I think months after I'd, I'd had it, it was. Right, let's get to the gym. Let's get your fitness done. Let us yeah. find yourself something you enjoy, because the more you thought about what had happened, the more it was proper. It was a you know, it was a proper. I sit back sometimes and think, how oh on earth has that happened? You know, a couple of days before you're living your life and you, you you're getting on with things, and now you've had this seizure. You, you've done your arm. I mean, I've had problems with my arm ever since as well, which affects me doing the gym. You know, it yeah. has been the the whole thing really is. Not so much as a seizure, but what what has come after that has has been yeah, it's very very traumatic. But you've got to you've got to keep going, you've got to keep trying to do what you can do and find ways to to find happiness really, not let it define you. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. So let's
0: talk a little bit now then about, so you've done a career change, you had a business that was successful, lots of people working for you, teaching uh, physical fitness to, I guess, young kids, teenagers, and now you've decided to do life coaching. So, I mean, that's, uh, look... It might be a big step. It might be. It's in the same sort of realm of what you were doing anyway, because you are working with young people. So you're learning about behaviours and how people are emotional and how they get through in life. So how have you found starting off as a life coach?
1: I think it, it took me probably took me five or six months to to, to get my head around what had happened. Yeah, uh, and I went to see I went to see a hypnotherapist. Right, and she spoke to me. I mean, I didn't know what hypnotherapist was. I thought she was going to get, you know, one of them little clocks them, and, and put it, <laughs> yeah. past, you know, put it put you to sleep, and you wake up and you forget about what's happened. I, I didn't know what it was, but I was prepared to try anything to get myself happy and get myself right. And she explained to me about the brain and 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 what how the brain works, and it, it it wants to protect you all the time and stop you from doing things that you want to do, and and all that type of thing. And I think once once she explained that to me, I went down the path of right. If I'm in charge of my brain, I'm in charge of my happiness, yep, you know, I can show that to other people i can, I can help other people, and I think I wanted to do something where I could help other people where what happened to me had w- w- happened for a reason? you know it wasn't just something that had happened, and I've got to get over it.' It's, can i use can I use what's happened to help other people and then I think then i I decided, look, do the Instagram page you know, see what what response you get. And I had a great response from that. So it, it moved into look, you know, see if you can do it as a job. Yeah. Pages grown, get your website done, do your live videos. It's all kind of it's all kind of moved itself on. And and I mean there's a there's a heck of a lot of people. I mean I, I don't know what it's like in in Australia, but I mean in England at the moment it's I mean I'm it's a nightmare the, the amount of people that are suffering yeah from something. And I I feel sometimes I can't always help myself. Which is a funny thing to say, but I'm quite good at helping other people. So strange, really, but I enjoy it, you know. And, and I, I enjoy helping people out as much as I can. Which it is kind of the same with, with the kids as well, you know. You the kids don't always they haven't maybe done certain sports before, you know, until the until you've done them. And it's like adults that they've not they've not seen it from 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 your point of view or they've they've not thought about it from 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 your side of what you're saying to them. So. So you're teaching people something that they don't know about themselves, I suppose.
0: Well, look, I mean, look, you can show that you can uh – conquer things because you've gone to a place where a lot of people will never go, which is when you had the seizures and pretty much you're at rock bottom. It's, it's almost time for self-reflection and to learn about who you really are and the strength it takes to get you back on your feet and doing what you need to do. And you've started doing, well, you might be, have just carried on, but you do your gym twice a day and that keeps you energized and, um, Stable, you know, so that's something really good that you can bring to the table when you're talking to people is that you can show that you can go from right down here to right back up here and you can keep yourself going. And I mean, look, it takes a lot of strength to push yourself. With fibromyalgia, I got told, but I used to be on all these Facebook groups and everybody on there was always saying, oh, I can't get out of bed, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then I'd start saying, oh, but I've got up and I've done this, I've done a diploma in counselling, blah, blah, blah. And, And they just, they didn't want to know. And in the end, I just... Came out of all those groups and thought, I'm not going in them anymore because I need to focus on me. And those people were actually bringing me more down. It's not to say they're not sick, but I've got a different attitude. And even though I'm sick, I can still achieve a lot of things.
1: There's a lady. There's, I, I'm big on motivational speakers, and I'm, I'm big on massive on motivational speakers and, and listen to what they've got to say. And there's actually a woman, um, and, and she was saying, uh, she was saying that basically, she'd she'd struggle with a. Her- young life and she had a kid early on, and she joined all these kind all these kind of groups um with these other women that had suffered as well and she said for the first year or so it saved her life yeah but she said then for the second year is all these women were looking after each other and protecting each other but all they were doing is kind of they're just kind of in a group to feel sorry for themselves type of thing, to give each other support and she yeah. said i no longer wish to wish to be that kind of person i know i now need to move away you know and 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 my own success story. They might not like that. They might they might be mad at me for doing it, but I've got to move myself away out of that negative situation. And and that's the thing. Something might might have been might have been done in the first instance to to give you that support. But we've all got to find that we've got to find that success and, and people that are successful with you know we've got to copy and study them type of people. And we can all stay on the bottom if we choose to do, can't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, it it takes
0: a lot to make those first few steps. And as I said, with you facing something that you never knew was going to happen and then changing your life around and getting yourself back to a position where you're feeling confident, happy um, and able to take on new challenges. That's a really big step. And when you can show people what you did, then you're giving them a foot up, you know, you're helping them to sort of almost go up a few steps from where yeah. they already are. Cause as you say, with that lady, that's how I felt when I went into those groups on Facebook, it was like, it was all negative. Oh, I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. I can't do blah, 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 blah. And when anyone joined in and said, Oh, well, I went for a walk today. Oh, you're not as sick as me. Oh, you're not this Ill. And yeah, I had to move away from it for myself to feel
1: better and get healthier yeah you become you, it you get a into that spiral this is especially in England now it can become a contest it can become a contest on who's got something worse you know and, and people now do a lot of people do tend to go on the social media to find justification if they're not feeling well they'll find a facebook group or an instagram page that will say to them it's okay if you don't want to get out of bed today it's absolutely normal and m- my attitude is You can't keep going on like that. You know, you you need someone to say to you, "Look, you are feeling rubbish today. You don't want to get out of bed, but unless you do something about that today, you're going to feel the same next week and the week after. And one year turns into two months, turns into ten years. Yeah, you've got to. It's okay. You know, going onto an Instagram page and someone saying, "You know, don't worry if today you feel rubbish. Tomorrow's another day." No, it's not another day at all. We're not guaranteed tomorrow whatsoever. It's today. It's today or nothing. You've got to push yourself. No one else will do it for you.
0: Well, look, one of the best motivators for me was the specialist I saw said to me, uh, look, don't be surprised if in the next 10 years you're bedridden and you might even be in a wheelchair and that will be your life. And after about a year of being sick, then I started doing stuff. And I thought to myself, I've got one life here, unless you believe in afterlife or, you know, next life. Uh, I've got one life. I can't spend that in bed because uh, w- what's the point? You know, you've got to get up and do something and it doesn't matter how little it is because each little step you take each day will increase and change your life and change you into a better person
1: and doing things that you actually want to achieve. I said to someone over a day, I did I did, a, I did, a video on it and I, I actually took the video down because I don't, I don't think at the moment People were ready to listen to it, but, but what what I do is, when I'm feeling really good, I'll do a bit at the gym, and I'll leave it be. When I'm when I'm feeling rubbish, I will go to the gym, or I'll, I've got a spinning bike in my in my uh, in my gym. And what I'll do is that when I'm feeling rubbish, I'll do more. I'll look at what score I got when I was feeling good, and i'll'll I'll do more. And, yeah. and you can feel like crying, you can feel like screaming. and you go to bed and you might still feel rubbish, but at least then you can look back on that on that a week later and think, right. when I felt crap last time, look what I achieved. Yeah, and that's the way that is the way to do it. You are judged on your rubbish days, not on your good days, and, and people have to understand that. you you've if you want to beat mental health, depression, it's your, it's your bad days that you've got to do more, and if and if you don't want to do that, you you're going to live a life like you say stuck in bed,
0: really. Yeah, and I think also when you get to that point, it is easier to just roll over in bed and go, oh well, this is what it's like, as you said, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. It can be changed. You can be motivated. There's lots of free help out there, everywhere in every country. Um, podcasts books uh, you know there's opportunities to get away from feeling like that right so what's your plan for the next 12 months then
1: i finish i finish sports coaching altogether um everything in december it'll all be gone completely um and that'll be then up to me to to hopefully do what what i love doing now for a job i'm not i'm not thinking of it not succeeding if it if it If it doesn't succeed, then obviously it's not meant to be. But I'm working on my YouTube channel now, which I never thought I would do, but I've got a lot of, you know, I I think there's a lot of success stories out there that people need to hear that don't know about. I want to get that out. And I just want to keep on helping people as as best I can, really. I I don't want to be helping people that are just, I know it sounds wrong, but I don't want to be helping people that are just coming for the sake of it, I want to help people out and, and see them change their lives. Yeah, well, look, I mean, on
0: Instagram, you've got uh, almost 20,000 followers. I mean, that's not to be sniffed at, is it?
1: It's, it's not. But what, what I realised with it is, and I was speaking again to someone other day, is when, when you're putting out proper stories and people's life stories and, and, and you're speaking about real change, people are interested in it. But if you, if you make yourself a TikTok video while you're dancing on your bed, you know, and you're putting fancy arrows and stuff like that. That gets that gets ten thousand views. Yeah. So I think it, it does seem like with this social media world at the moment, it's all you know people are maybe looking at the wrong type of things. So it's it, it's good to have these these pages out there and bring attention to it. But I don't think quite yet people are maybe maybe as ready to change as what they need to be.
0: Look, I, I think the reason with those sort of uh, videos is. We've been through the pandemic, which has been awful. People have lost jobs. People are feeling down. People have lost money, have split up from relationships, all these different things. And I think for that five seconds, 20 seconds, they just want something that's going to make them laugh. And I've had the same thing as you. I've made a couple of reels on Instagram 100 people have liked them or 200 people have liked them. And I think, well, why do these other people get, you know, 5,000? But they're dancing on their heads. They're in costumes <laughs> that look ridiculous, you know. And maybe what I need to do is dress up like, I don't know, a chicken, do a dance, and then have a, a an important announcement at the end of it so that I've grabbed them in and then they hear, look, we all have mental health issues, but we can all feel happy. Actually, yeah. that's the real I'm going to do. <laughs>
1: I think that's the thing. I mean, I'd, I'd, it was funny because what I'd i had a, a tattoo on my I'd had a tattoo on my leg about a year ago, and I'd maybe two years ago, and I'd put I'd put it on Instagram TV. I'd, I'd done it i done it on live, and I put it on Instagram TV. I had about two thousand views. Yeah, we had a lady, we had a lady on from from America um, on on a live two weeks ago. She would lost her husband. Uh, he'd committed suicide. We had a chap on um, last week called Mark Armrod. Mark Armrod was the it uh, was the first uh, triple amputee to come home alive from Afghanistan. Right. I, I had about two hundred views. I mean, people are more interested to, to, to see a tattoo than what they were to listen to to this national hero.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it,
1: it's like you're saying it's you've unless it's really quick and sharp it doesn't gain attention. But I still say the same. I think with mental health, I think it's it's a big kind of word at the moment in England. I don't think people are ready to, to change yet. I don't think people are ready to really fully tackle mental health yet.
0: Yeah.
1: But you keep going and eventually I think, you know, I think you'll get there, especially with you doing what you're doing with your podcast and myself is... Eventually people will will take note, I think. Look, they will. And I think if
0: you look at mental health issues, I think we're still in that stigma time of what we've learned from movies and TV shows where the schizophrenic person is the one who is the serial killer, which is nowhere near the truth, and we need to change people's view on stereotypes because you hear something, it locks in your head, and then it's hard to change that. But with you doing what you're doing, with what I'm doing, eventually the tide will change because more and more people are looking to mental health and because we're getting more people with anxiety and depression, they're not seeing it, well, some of them aren't seeing it so much as it's a mental health issue and, oh, my God, they're seeing it as a normal issue. And once we start making it more normal, more people will be accepting and then people will go, oh, look, I've got depression, I couldn't go out for a week or I've got to stay home for a week and they'll get the time off work because it will be recognised yeah. as an illness, as the same as a physical illness. You know, we've got physical illness and we've got mental illness. They're both the same. They both wear us out. They both need time to recover. And, It's it's about people's perception of mental health changing. And once we change that, all this stuff will come through. I mean, the triple amputee, what a great guy to come on and talk about what's happened in his life. And I think what you find as well is I did a podcast the other week with a woman in America who's... Uh, got this thing called End the Silent Epidemic, which is about youth suicide. When I put it up on my Instagram page and when I did the podcast and we did an Instagram Live, the Instagram Live, I had like 20 people watch it, whereas usually when I do an Instagram Live, there'll be a couple of hundred people watching it. But I think the topic puts people off or they don't want their name associated with suicide for I don't know what reason, because it's not that we're saying, well, you're thinking of suicide, it's just you're interested in what's happening. And uh, with with Instagram, when I did these couple of posts on suicide, about a 1,000 people disappeared overnight. That's okay. The girl said to me, oh, well, we won't talk about it then. And I said, no, but it's important. We have to talk about these topics. Some people won't be ready, but if we don't talk about them, no one ever understands the other sides of them. One podcast I did was about the families of people who had suicided because we don't generally think of them and how they feel no, after no. someone who's suicided. No, so. um, and it's good to bring light to that because families of someone who's suicide are usually left, oh, my God, what happened? Especially if there's no note. Yeah. Was it my fault? Was it their fault? Was it my husband's fault? You know, so these stories, the more you and I bring them out and other people like us the more people go, actually, I don't have to feel ashamed that I've got bipolar disorder or I've got, um, I don't know, whatever disorder you've got, because they'll be so normal that they'll just go, oh, look, I've got this wrong with me. And people will go, oh, actually, I've heard about how to help you with that. Can we sit down and have a chat?
1: I, I tried a few weeks ago. Um, I had a lad that had, had epilepsy, but I, I, wanted, I wanted him to come on with his sister because I wanted people to understand that. His sister is the one that sees what goes on. Yeah, but she's also, you know, she's also around and cares for me. She's got her, her mental side as well. I think I think in England it's an issue is a, a big issue is men's mental health in England. It's yeah. it's a real problem. And I have I have men come to me and they'll, they'll they'll get the issue out. They'll they'll say what's up and then they'll vanish. They'll disappear overnight and you won't hear anything from them. Yeah, they they just don't want to. They don't want to tell you the story. Still, they don't. They're scared to death of opening up and looking daft. And it's, and like you said, because you said it before, because you can't, you can't physically see there's anything wrong with them from appearance.
0: Yeah.
1: You keep on hiding behind that mask. Yeah. I've done it. You know. And I said over there to my mum. I, I went for a, a bad burst, a bad, a bad period of it the other week. If if it, if mental health were physical, I'd have been taken to a hospital. Yeah. Nurses and doctors that have been looking at me, and it had been wow, we, we need to save this person's life. Yeah, but because it's because it's in here and people can't see it, you just kind of people don't know how to deal with it, they don't know what to do with it, and it's scary. It is scary, yeah. And
0: look, we're the same here in Australia with men's mental health, they keep coming up with new campaigns to try and get men to talk, and it's great yeah. that they're doing that, but I think. From a point of view of most men, they still feel like it's unmasculine to talk about your um, emotions. They don't want to look weak, I guess in front of their girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, whoever it is. they want to look as though they're a strong person and we need to break down that barrier that it, it's it's better to talk about it than end up something else happening to you
1: what what I've said um, massively and I'm, I'm not saying it to try and get myself work uh, but. They need, to, they need to start in, in, in schools. They need to start with the kids. Um, because what, what is happening in, in in this school, in this country, is adults, men, they're getting into the 30s, and it's the first time they've ever gone through a crisis.
0: Yeah.
1: All of a sudden, they, they don't like the job. They're stuck in a relationship. Maybe the partner's left them. Maybe they've got ill. Depression's come. They've never had that before in their life, and they don't know how to deal with it. They've never been taught how to deal with it. not nah. I'm not saying we need to go to schools and and, and tell kids too much because they're only kids, but especially as they get older, they need to be taught about real life and, and and depression and mental health and and relationships and real life stuff. Because when you're when you're 30 years old and that's the first time you've gone through a crisis, it's it's a hell of a lot to have to deal with. And, and women seem like they're more resilient to it. the Women women come and help each other more. They stick up for each other more. The men come into a crisis at 30 or old, like I did, and other men don't know how to deal with you. They yeah. don't, it's okay saying go for a pint, all that type of stuff. You might go for a pint and sit there for two hours and no one speaks you about what's happened. You just have yeah, a drink. Yeah. And do you think that's also because a lot of men, yeah, they just don't
0: know what to say to you. You're having a crisis. You might say to them, look, I'm really depressed. I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. And then they're sitting there going, well, what does he want me to do? Uh, you know, I can sit and talk to him, but does he want me to give him a hug? Does he want me to tell him it's okay? You know, I th- you're right. We need to teach empathy, compassion um, about mental health when kids are younger so that... Um, so that they're more equipped as they get older to even just help their partners. You know, the reason I've done so many podcasts on suicide is because a few years back and nothing has happened to me or anyone I know, but I realized that a lot of young men were thinking of suicide because of either they'd been bullied, they didn't feel manly enough, or they were dealing with their sexuality. And they were the statistics of young men and why they were contemplating suicide. And when you think about that, there's, they're not easy issues, but they can be spoken about with a lot of different people. But it's the fear of opening up and talking about that because you want to still feel like, and we need to stop telling boys, you know, don't cry when they're kids, cry as much as you like, you know, get it out. If you're upset, cry about it, you know, don't you don't have to hold it in and be strong.
1: The problem we've got in the problem we've got around the world, in, in my opinion, is like I've, like I've touched on it, especially in England the only the only thing we've got to tell men in particular anyone is is when you're going through something talk about it now talking helps but what you say what you're basically saying is you're saying look talk to your friends let you know let your friends know you're feeling but but a lot of your friends they might not have gone through any crisis in their life yeah so they don't they don't know they don't know what they're saying to you where if 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 Women, women are good at it. Women, women. Samantha who came on over week, she said, she said a, a phone rang when she was going through it. A friend said, come round, they had a bottle of wine, and they spoke about the issues for about an hour. Yeah. With, with, with men, it's going out for a pint, or we'll watch the football. It doesn't really help. Men don't really know what to say to other men because a lot of them haven't haven't gone through anything.
0: Yeah.
1: they've no, they've no experience. You know, they've not. And then what people say, well. You know, speak to a medical professional, but in this country now, the waiting list can be three or four months.
0: I know, yeah.
1: So men just get, men in particular, get, get left behind. And I think to myself, if, if kids from a young age were taught maybe an hour a week about real life, relationships, mental health, and un- understand it, when the friend is in the 20s and they've gone through something crap, They'll have a bit of experience, and they'll be able, they'll be able to sit down. Because at the moment, the only outcome we've got is if you're struggling, talk to your mates. And I know a lot of a lot of lads around where I live have committed suicide, and the friends have said we didn't have a clue, we we didn't yeah. know you were feeling like that. Yeah. And that's because the person who who felt suicidal, it it, it didn't he didn't believe that his friends could help him. Yeah. He didn't believe they would have anything to say to change it. And that's scary, really, isn't it? That uh, you, you don't yeah. believe your friends can help you.
0: Yeah. From a, a positive side of the pandemic, uh, there is going to be a lot of mental health issues. But my hope is that from going through what we've gone through and more people needing to speak to therapists or speak to counselors, that sort of thing, I think that we could see a big opening up of. Uh, being more open about your emotions and what you've gone through, because it's not going to be like, you know, you've got 10 friends and only one of them has anxiety or depression. Out of your 10 friends, it's probably going to be nine people that have it and one person that doesn't, yeah. which will make it that it's a lot easier for guys to talk about it and women to talk about it because you won't be the only one experiencing it. Everybody is experiencing it.
1: Well, this is this is it. I mean, and this is why I say to people is, is, you know, create WhatsApp groups, you know, create, you know, have have I've Zoom talks, you know, go out, go out a couple times a week. You know, keep keeping that keeping that contact with your friends more than not. We are looking at it with social media, we, we can you can talk to someone every minute of the day. Yeah. And, and that's the way forward. You you know, keep that close contact and, and get get these support groups. You know, women are good at having WhatsApp groups and chats with their friends and having a, a drink over a Zoom call. You know, men men don't tend to do that. So hopefully, like you say, with more people struggling, people are going to know how to cope better, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and, and hopefully. it's going to come more to the forefront, isn't it? We're going to have
1: – well, yeah. we have to yeah.
0: because we're still not through it completely. I mean, in your country, I think you're a bit more open up than what we are here in Australia. Here we are still in lockdown. And God knows, I don't know when it's going to end. Like last year, people would say to me, how am I going to recover? And I go, look, we've got hope, you know, it is going to end. And the further and further you go into lockdown number six we're in now, you think, God, when is it going to end, you know? So in Australia, we've still got to keep that hope that it's going to be better, it's going to change. We might not be back to whatever the normal was, but we will be able to move forward.
1: I I think we've also been the cases of, the cases are sky high again from what you from what you read in the papers there's a huge row over vaccinating children most parents aren't going to allow the, the the children to be vaccinated winter's coming on us before long so it's not looking the best but it's like you say if if you're not positive if you don't try and get on with your life you know you might as well stay in bed and not get out of bed you know you've you've got to There's enough out there to to enjoyment in life to, to, to be positive, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah, there is. And look, it seems like there's no hope, but I guess there is always hope. And if we look back to, I don't, I can't even remember what year it was, but when we had the Spanish flu, you know, there were, back then people didn't have TVs, um, radios, PS4s, whatever, um, and they must have felt like they're not going to get through it. But we can at least look back at history and see how, yeah, they did have a second wave, a third wave, a fourth wave, but they got through it and we carried on. So there is that opportunity to carry on.
1: I think as well, you see, with, with the fact that everyone can, everyone can move across the globe now. There's more people in the world. These things are going to keep on happening now. Yeah. It's not something that's going to happen once every 100 years. I think every 10 years, we're going to have something again. So probably going to be after something that we just have to get used to, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I'm so glad we had this conversation because we've covered a lot of topics and it's been brilliant. Do you want to give out your uh, website address and your handle on uh, social media?
1: Yeah, so if anyone wants to have a look at my website, it's uh, www.thelifecoachjosh.uk uh, and it's Instagram at thelifecoachjosh. Uh, uh, if anyone wants to watch my live videos or get in touch for any support, just let me know. I'm always available.
0: Okay, so they can get you on your Instagram and then you've have you got
1: a link there to your videos, yeah, YouTube videos? Yeah, uh, yes, I don't have them on me but I'll uh, I'll message it over to you. I'll, okay. I'll send you a message of it all on so yeah. I've got Facebook, Instagram and my website.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Well, look Josh, it was brilliant to talk to you. Thank you so much. I know it's a bit earlier for you in England, but uh uh, it's time difference. That's what I always find hard when I'm trying to record these podcasts is finding some time
1: I can fit someone in where I don't have yeah. to be at
0: four in the morning.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure and really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: It's been brilliant. Thank you so much.
1: You too. Have a good day.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other and thanks for listening.